and established in their cause. Delisa is a tireless laborer in the body of Christ, serving as the president and senior instructor of the Love Church Apostolic College, founder of Soteria Prophetic Ministries, president of Liberty River Industries, LLC, executive director of Barbara's Lighthouse Resource Center, and managing partner of BNL Hauling and Transport. Delisa is a prolific teacher and a shepherd after God's own heart. Delisa is a passionate apostle prophet with a mandate to turn the hearts of children to the Father who equips, trains, and thrusts thousands of believers to their next level of greatness. Delisa scribal grace fuels her passion for writing and author of 11 published books. She is she acts as a scribal midwife who assists other scribal gifts to publish their literary works through her editorial desk at Liberty River Industries. Delisa is gainfully employed in Charlotte Mecklenburg schools as a training and quality coordinator for the district student discipline and behavior support department. Delisa is the district ship facilitator, which is the sexual harassment is preventable where she provides support to grades six through 12 involved in sexual behavior. She is also a restorative practices group facilitator, social emotional learning group facilitator, and partners with the Charlotte Mecklenburg Police Department's Youth Diversion Department to support juveniles charged with sex crimes. Despite working full time, Delisa continues to serve in the work of ministry with accountability and is humbly submitted to the mentorships of Apostles Threadford and Ernestine Brinkley, Deliverance Tabernacle of Praise in Rocky Mount, North Carolina, and to the Fatherhood Apostleship of the General of Deliverance, Apostle Ivory L. Hopkins of Pilgrim's Ministry Deliverance in Harborston, Delaware. Ladies, let's, let me introduce to you Dr. Apostle Delisa Rogers. Praise God. I, I feel so, when you was reading it, I felt so uncomfortable. I didn't know what to do. <laughs> we, do it all, we do it all to the glory of God. I'm like, wow. But we thank the Lord that he, um, he uh, gives us the strength and the grace to minister and to do what we do in the kingdom of God for the people of God. So it, it is an honor. Um, it's an honor to be here. Thank you again to all the ladies and supporters of True Horizons. Um, we had a wonderful time last year. And I believe God is going to take us even higher um, this year. Um, before I get into that, I just want to acknowledge our visionary, the executive director and president of True Horizons, Dr. Aisha Jackson, for all the work that she's doing for bringing this tremendous uh, event together, hosting a week-long um, week conferences where amazing, powerful women were coming together to empower and to enrich and support one another. So I just honor um, you, uh, 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 praise God, uh, Dr. Jackson. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> you don't want it if you ain't called, trust me, but I just honor the work that you're doing and to our co-host, amen. I'm just grateful to be here and I'm ready to get started, praise God. I'm just ready to get okay. started. So Dr. Jackson, if you... Uh, well, I can share my screen, right? I'm going to pull us okay. out and let you have the screen. All right. And while you're doing that, I just welcome everyone, all the ladies on the line tonight to my church family. I see tons of my spiritual daughters and mentees here and other women of God. Thank you for joining tonight. And I'm just going to ask you before I get started to um, just take all the breaks off and just uh, cultivate a listening ear, a um, comprehensive spirit 
so that you can receive. I, I want you to I want you to posture your spirit to receive because what we're going to minister tonight to our singles. Um, we're coming from the topic. Uh, Dr. Jackson was so graciously um, <laughs> she bestowed upon the topic healthy and healed singles. And so we put together um, this uh, presentation for you and we want to just minister uh, what is on the heart of God for his people. Um, now I can't see you all in the comment section. I don't know how to change the settings without knocking myself off. So I will just get through it. Praise God. I trust that you all hang in there. But nevertheless, um, we are coming to you tonight from the topic, the healthy and healed single. And so father tonight, we bless you in advance for the work that you've already done. God, we're not coming behind you, Father. We're walking with you. And so, Father, those that have heard the clarion call in the realm of the Spirit to be present on the line tonight by virtue of whatever platform, and even those who, is, who are the called afar off, God, those who will have an ear to hear. Lord, let these words, Father, as, as you're ministering through me, Father, by the agency of the Holy Spirit, let them settle in the bosoms of hearts and minds and spirits of your daughters, your, your women of God, Father. And, and Lord, let the healing virtue, let the anointing that destroys yokes be released in this teaching tonight, Father. I bless you, Father. I release myself to you totally and wholly, Lord God, that you can have your way. And for that, we praise you for a finished work in advance. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'm just going to start off because I like to hit the road running. And I'm going to um, just, first of all, I want to give you some facts, things that you may already know, but for the sake of where we are and for the sake of where we need to go in this word tonight, I want to give you some facts. Now, and I'm going to give you several disclaimers because I don't believe that there's a one size fit all, right? Um, my apostle likes to say not always the case, but sometimes is. And so tonight, ladies, we're going to be brutally honest, right? If we're talking about being healthy and being healed in terms of you, when you visit your um, healthcare practitioners and there you, you have symptoms and you're looking and you see them for um, you know the remedy or well, for the prescription for the remedy you need to be honest in what those symptoms are and so there is a tendency in the body of Christ for us to sort of camouflage some of the things that we're dealing with and then we wonder why we're not receiving the full measure breakthrough that God has designed and destined for us but we've got to come before God cleanly we've got to come before God whole and bring all of that stuff bring all that baggage bring all that junk God can handle it amen and so I want to start off with this and this is probably going to knock some of you in the face but it's, you're going to be all right. You're in good hands tonight. Praise God. But Isaiah, the prophet prophesied a season um, or movement in the earth where there, there would be a shortage of men. Some of you may be familiar with it. Some of you may, may be like, oh, my God, I never heard of this before in my life. But this was uh, and Isaiah was the messianic prophet. So if you believe everything else he said concerning Jesus, then we need to believe this as well. But the prophet Isaiah prophesied a, a season or a, a um a dimension in time where there would be a shortage of men. And so he talks here, and this is the um, CEV version. Uh, I like the King James version, but I like this one a little bit better for where we are. But he said, when this happens, not if, when this happens, um, seven women will grab hold to one man. And each of them will say, I will buy my own food, uh, my own clothes, just marry me and take away my disgrace. And so the prophet is talking about a time uh, that's going to affect the women. This wasn't so much affecting the men as such, but this was a time that was affecting the women in terms of not uh, uh, finding enough marriageable men. 
And so we see that in terms of a lot of things, right? Uh, a lot of our brothers, and this is not to beat the men up because I'm even ministering this in my church for the whole month. I'm talking about toxic identity of men. And so, you know, we've got to face in the body of Christ. We've got to have some hard conversations. Um, if we want to see truth, we want to see healing. Uh, we've got to, we've got to. We just have to get in the face of some very hard um, situations and have some difficult conversations so that we can get to the other side of through. But we're in that season of time, um, uh, women of God, where there seems to be a shortage of men. And I say seem to be because let me say, let me tell you something. What God has for you is for you. And if God has to bring that brother from the other side of, of Kansas City, praise God, he's coming. Right. But, but overall, because the prophet, he's not lying. We do see this. And, and many of you have said or have heard People say, well, where are all the good men at? They're either dead or in jail, right? We've said that. Um, but again, I don't believe, I, I believe that what God has for us as the chosen vessels of God, he, he, he has it for us. However, there is a responsibility to qualify and to position yourself for that. And so I wanted to just start right there and, and just kind of wake us up. Because if you had a long day like me, you just probably need something to hit you in the face. Like, okay, I'm with you, woman of God. I'm, I'm, I got to hear, I got to finish this. Which I got to go with you all the way to the end. Um, many are settling for just a mate. You know, just somebody like uh, Isaiah prophesied. Just look, you don't have to come home every night. You don't have to um, be faithful. It's okay if you, you know, I'll share. And I mean, women are literally saying that, right? Because we're in that dispensation of time where they're just settling, you know, regardless of what he's about, what he's doing or what he has done, they're just overlooking it and they're settling. All right. And these are just facts. I'm not saying it's true or false. It just is what it is. Um, many women of God are lowering their standards. Uh, you know, there used to be a day in town. Well, I'm not putting up with that. Uh, I'm better than that. And, you know, over time, sometimes when you have been in a season of waiting, right, and you become impatient, then you tend to just kind of jump the broom. Sarah did that, right? She got tired of waiting for the promise and she grabbed herself an Ishmael. So we don't want that to be your story. Um, others are accepting mistreatment in, as a relationship norm. Like, you know what I'm saying? You're just accepting the fact that he's mistreating you or he's disrespecting you or he's not um, honoring your values or what have you or, or um, you know, not being truthful, not being honest. And so, again, just facing the facts that this is where we are. And so I believe as Dr. Jackson, as the Holy Spirit put on her heart that we've got to have a conversation as women. So that number one, we don't fall into what the Isaiah, what Isaiah is talking about in Isaiah chapter four, verse one, that look, what that may be somebody else's story. That's not going to be my story. I'm not sharing, you know, what God has given me with six other women. That's not going to be my story. However, you got to put the work in to make sure you don't fall in there because that spirit is in the land. It's not coming. It's here. Uh, the other thing is uh, accepting mistreat, excuse me, destroying homes to satisfy, satisfy their needs. And so we do. We see women like that. I'm talking about women because you know how women can be because we are women. And, um, you know, I know you have a wife. I know you've got a girlfriend. I know you've got a baby mama or whatever. And but you can still pull up. You can you, you see what I'm saying? Just invading and interrupting somebody else's relationship. And God's word will never lie. It's forever settled in the heavens. And so you have to think about this. All right. And I'm, I'm coming to you hard. I love you. I do. But you have to understand that when you sow seeds of discord and disruption and pain and heartache in somebody else's relationship, the word of God says, and uh, I think it's Galatians, that God is not mocked, that whatsoever man sows, that shall he also reap. 
And so I, I admittedly, because I haven't been saved all of my life, right? And so there have been times in my before I met Jesus for real, for real um, life that I did do some things uh, that I'm ashamed to mention, but I, that's my truth, right? And and I I had to reap some of that, even though I was saved. Hello, somebody. Because we think when we get saved and Holy Ghost feel that everything you did, the sin is washed away, but the consequence remains. And and that's a whole that's a, that's another conversation. The sin, yeah, Jesus has absolved the sin. You covered, praise God, he's, you're forgiven, but you still have the consequence because God is not mocked. There's still fruit as a result of that deed. So, and, and I had to reap some nasty things in my personal life, um, even after salvation, even after giving my life to the Lord because of some things that I had done, right? And and so, you know, we have to be very mindful that we're not being that messy person. Uh, I believe there was a song a lady made in the 70s, The Cleanup Woman, right? Let's, let's not do that. <laughs> um, and then lastly, um, women are facing trauma like never before. You know, there is, there's trauma, there's pandemic trauma, there's pre-pandemic trauma, and there's post-pandemic trauma. And then we have our own childhood, adulthood, familyhood, workhood, churchhood, lifehood, neighborhood trauma. I mean, there's just, you know, we are, we are going through some things. And, you know, when you have a, a companion or you have a mate, then you've got somebody that can kind of be that sounding board that can sort of help you get through, um, you know, some, you know, help you, help you pack, help you process and help you unpack. But as a single woman, you don't always have that. And so we do have, as a result of that, we have a lot of women, single women in particular, who are um, unhealthy, right? Who are unhealthy and are, who are not whole. And, and so, you know, as a behaviorist, and Dr. Jackson is a behaviorist, and those of you who are therapists and counselors and 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 serve people in a behavioral or mental or emotional um, social capacity, you know we study human behavior, and so it's not unusual to sort of understand. Okay, I see why she's acting like that. You know, I, I understand. I mean, you've got to look through that through a, a different set of lenses to understand why she's mean, why she's hateful, why she, uh, why she's hurt, why she's um, acting out of her hurt because she hasn't been able to unpack. Right. We get parents in the, in the school buildings all the time, cursing and raging. And, and yeah, you can go. You, you can meet their 100. But then you can also operate in, this, in, in empathy and say, you know what? I understand you're a single mom. You're tired of getting the same phone calls about your kids. And so I'll just sit there and let them curse and, and, and wear it out. I'm t you're talking about wear my ears out. And when they're done, I let them know. I said, ma'am, you know, I, I appreciate you for sharing that with me. And you would be amazed how they would just calm all the way down because they're trying to unpack. And let me tell you something. Um, if you don't unpack when that stuff gets to the point to where it's feeling oh, the trash is going to take itself out. And so we want to be able to find safe places and safe spaces. And we're going to talk about that tonight because what there is, you know, when you hear a lot about. And you got to roll with me, guys, because I, if you know me, I, I go quick, praise God. So you may have to listen to two, three times to get it. But because um, it's so much that I have to say in such a short period of time. But, you know, the reason when, when you hear singles conferences, singles conferences, there is that tendency to hear about, OK, get ready for the, your mate and get ready for your boo or your boaz. And I'll give you a trick about your boaz in a little while. But anyway, um, you know, there's that tendency to always focus on becoming uh, a spouse or a partner but there is some pre-work and I, that word has just been in my spirit for like weeks pre-work that we need to do so that we are prepared for what God is bringing into our life and so the unfortunate thing is when we talk about a lot of sin that's why I just love how God gave this to Dr. Jackson because she's not just saying okay I need a word for the single she was like no I need you to minister to them in terms of being healthy and being healed 
And I'm like, that's just so beautiful. And I know God gave that to her because here is why we see damaging and destructive cycles is because we're entering into relationship after relationship after relationship. We've never unpacked. We've never dealt with the trauma, the trauma and the drama. And we've never taken the time to find a safe space where you can vent. You understand you, 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 for whatever reason, whether it's pride or you ego tripping, you don't want anybody to know that the relationship didn't work out, but you're hurting and you're bleeding and hurt people hurt people. And so it's incumbent upon the women of God, the daughters of Zion, the Queens ladies to find a safe space and, and a safe place to woosah. To find somebody, look, I really need to talk. I'm hurting, you know, me and Johnny, because Johnny's going to be the guy that I'm going to talk about. And, and he's fictitious, praise God. Uh, you know, Johnny and I didn't work out, whatever, whatever. And have somebody walk you through that, okay? I'll talk more about that in a little bit. But this is your time for recovery, all right? Um, hold on. I'm, I'm just going to check and make sure I can see everybody, because I don't want to keep going. And y'all like, where's she at? Hold on. Okay, y'all still, <laughs> still there. Bear with me. Okay, bear with me. All right. I'm a Zoom girl. I'm not, I don't know about StreamYard. I don't have the StreamYard anointing yet. I'm working on it. I'm waiting for impartation. Um, so, but I want you to look at this um, ministry tonight um, as a place of recovery. And wherever your single place is. We're going to talk about that in a minute. But, you know, I want you to listen. I said that in the beginning because the Spirit of God is going to minister to you tonight. All right. He is going to speak to you and he, you're going to feel a balm. I, I feel the presence of God. Even now you are going to feel the anointing, the balm of Gilead. And some of you may begin to cry and it's okay. I teach my students, look here, be honest with your emotions. You are human. Cry. If it hurts, cry. I hate when people say, stop crying. No. Well, why God gave me these tears then? Jesus wept. What? So what's your problem? If you feel the Holy Spirit begin to touch areas that you've hidden or that you didn't even acknowledge was a thing and the tears come or or you may start to like weeping or moaning or you may just have to fall on the floor whatever that looks like for you please let God have his way let him have his way if you got to finish the message tomorrow I'd rather you come back tomorrow and but let the anointing do what the anointing is going to do tonight because God is going to speak to you some of what I say and I'm just giving you a disclaimer if you're not new if you're not used to some of my teachings um I I, I bring it real but I bring it to you in love it's all love it's all love um and I'm bringing it to you from the heart of God but I'm also bringing it to you from experiential wisdom Things that I have gone through or things that I have helped counsel other women of God through. So this is not anything out of a textbook or a YouTube channel. This is coming straight from, from the throne room for you. So I want you to embrace this time and just kick back, relax, close your eyes and just let, let the word, let the anointing just minister to you. You are in a safe place. Okay, and let me just say this, Dr. Jackson and many other ministers, women of God are on the line. You may have to send them a private chat. And, and I pray, Dr. Jackson, if I'm OK to say this, if you feel like, hey, I'm really I feel like I'm choking or what have you reach out and let somebody minister to you. OK, because I want you to be I want you to be well. All right. It's time to move forward, you guys. Now, Dr. Jackson gave me an hour. I'm going to do my best. Praise God. <laughs> somebody text me if I'm going too long. Um, so as I was preparing for. Um, the message, the Holy Spirit uh, gave me these two particular scriptures to open up with and very popular. Nothing you've never heard of. Third John two, right? 
Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prosper. If any of you follow me on Facebook, I saw that I was kind of, le- listen, my water was breaking, y'all, and I was leaking some of the message out. I was like, I got to hurry up and get to Thursday, Jesus. But, um, you know, you would see, I would say, hashtag beloved, I wish. Because I was, God had already put you all in my heart and in my bosom, and he was already putting his word in me. And so I was, I was holding, trying to hold this baby, but I'm going to give birth to it tonight, praise God. But, you know, the, the apostle and prophet seer was speaking out of Revelation, and he was saying, you know, it is God's will for you, check this out, that you prosper. And that you're being held even as your soul prosper. And so we're going to look at how God intended for those two things to be balanced. You know, we, we, we want the prosperity, we want the money, we want good credit, we want good health, and we eat kale all day long and smoothies and everything. But what's happening in, in the realm of your emotions? And we're going to look at that in a little bit. What's happening in the realm of your emotions? What's happening in your relationships? How are you relating to people? Is that healthy? Are you prospering? And so I want you to jot that down or screenshot it or whatever you need to do. Um, and then also I want you to look at, too, how God feels about you. Despite what you're going through, despite what you've been through, despite what you may be facing right now, how does God feel about you? And put that center in front center. This is how God, the thoughts that God has for me. He, Johnny may have just walked out. Johnny, I may have just found this woman's uh, nude picture in Johnny's phone, right? Johnny left me with all these kids, but the word of God said that God's thoughts toward me are good and not of evil, a peace. And there is an expected hope and a future. And I kind of combined several translations of that scripture. But you've got when you're going through those seasons where you're, you're trying to cope with the hurt, you have got it because despair will set in. Discouragement will set in and I'm getting too old and who's going to want me and all that negativity and poison and toxicity that the enemy is going to speak because that's his job to do that. It is your job to word yourself through your battle. Did you hear what I said? Word, put it in somebody put it in the comment word yourself through the battle, right? Because the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to pull down the strongholds. The strongholds of your mind, the thoughts of your mind have to be policed, have to be pulled down. And so you keep these two pieces of scripture. If you don't remember nothing else in the day of your adversity, 3 John 2, Jeremiah 29, 11, God is going to bring me out because that's his plan for me. That's his plan for me. He, there, is a, 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 there is a hope and a future destined for me. I may not know what that looks like right now, but God has already worked out my next. I'm not figuring it out. I'm working to that. I'm walking and making my way to that next place. But we're going to look a little bit more at what that means when he says in 3 John 2, that beloved, I wish that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prosper. That in the Hebrew, okay, uh, that is not, excuse me, in the Greek, that word health means to be sound and to be in a good health, right? To be sound, to be well, and to be in good health. So when you sort of break that scripture apart, there's two different things that the Lord is talking about here. Yes, he's talking about being sound. That means being able to think coherently. That means be able to make good decisions. That means to be able to uh, be healthy, right? Financially, emotionally, cognitively, intellectually, and in and, and whatever areas uh, that you know applies to you. But then when we get to the soul prosperity part, that's where the rubber really hits the road. Because that's where a lot of our trouble come from, is the, the prospering of our soul. And so in the Greek, when, they, when it talks about even as your soul prospers, it's talking about a journey of your soul. In other words, I can talk about my day, right? This morning, I woke up tired. I went to work, felt good. Got a phone call, felt frustrated. Went through the meeting, felt good. Came home, felt tired. So in other words, your soul is goes through journeys in the realm of your emotions. 
one thing can happen and you can be the happiest person and, 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 and now you're faced with a dilemma. And, and so the healthy person, listen to me carefully, the healthy person knows how to navigate through those emotional journeys. The unhealthy person gets stuck. I'm hurt. I hate people. I hate men. All men are dogs. I'm bitter. I'm mad. Don't talk about your boo. I don't care about Valentine's. Who cares about it? You know, because they, 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 they have their, they have been unable to finish that journey or, or, or continue or allow the journey from discouragement or pain to, to navigate them through uh, feeling encouraged again, or I, I think I want to try it again, or motivated or inspired. But when you are unhealthy, that means that you have stopped, or your journey, your emotional journey has has come to a halt or a cessation, and so now you're stuck in the. You have become a prisoner of your pain. I was talking to one of my spiritual daughters, and she's on here, and I'm gonna say it. I won't call your name, baby, but I will say, you know, she was going through some things, and I was like, huh. So you got pain on layaway and you want your guy friend to pay the bill. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, and, and we do that. We do that because we, we, we're, we're unable to get over that hump. We've been hurt so bad. It just shuts us down. It shuts us down. And Dr. Jackson, she knows that she's a therapist, counselor. And, and you know, we, we sort of become repressed. Right. And so this is where you find even with our brothers, grown men, full beards, goatee, everything. And this brother's acting like a man child. And you're like, wait, what? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You big and grown. Like, you wear a size 13 shoes. I, I'm trying to understand where your pity party is coming from. Because there's something that happens that shut him down. And even though his body is, and we call it arrested development, even though his body continued to grow and he's got all the everything that a man has, but cognitively, intellectually, and emotionally, he's not there. He, he praise God, he was shut down. And so that's the unfortunate thing. And if we were talking about toxic men, we would have that conversation. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about the ladies. Praise God. And and so, but understanding that when you are unhealthy, I'm turn my fan on here a little bit because I'm getting worked up with the anointing and the Holy Ghost fire. But when you when you're in a place to where um, you're unable to continue in your journey, it's going to affect everything around you. And so you see my little diagram here. You got on one end being good physical health or in good health. Let me say that. And then on the other side, you got good emotional health. God intended for that thing to be balanced. He said, a just weight is my delight. Uh, uh, unbalanced weight is an abomination. Unfortunately, when we're talking about a healed, healthy single, we have a lot of women who I should have put an arrow crossways, but they're just not able to, to come out of that. And, and I'm not saying that as an indictment. I'm saying that as that's their truth. And so then what we need to do, if that's who you are, is like, okay, wow, Pastor, that's that's me. I'm, I've been through some hurts and I just, I feel like I'm stuck. Because some of you, I, I know I'm talking to you. you, you you're saying, um, I, I, I just, I feel like I'm unable to continue on this journey. I don't want to trust again. I'm suspicious about everything. I'm doubting everything. It's because your journey and your emotional journey to wellness has been interrupted. Your emotional journey to get you back to your healthy place has been interrupted. Okay, and so now that you've been made aware of that, you know how I need to take my burdens to Jesus. Take what Johnny did to Jesus and Lord, restore the joy of my salvation. Okay, moving right. Let me um, finish this thought. So soul prosperity is the journey of the seat of your feelings or emotions. Rather, deliverance people, you know what I'm talking about. It's going to be the seat of your emotions, um, feelings, desires, affections, aversions. It's coming from your heart. 
It's coming from the seat of your emotions, right? And so when your soul prosperity has been interrupted, then you're not able to reach that healthy place or that healed place. And if you're not healthy and healed, what do you think you bring into that relationship? It's going to be it's, it, that relationship is doomed except by the grace of God, but it's doomed before it even gets started. Why? Because after the honeymoon period wears off, after y'all finish jumping and hopping in the bed, or what have you, and you get sick and tired of that or, or whatever, then now you got to really actually engage one another and relate in your ship. And that's where all that unhealed stuff, all that stuff that you had packed up in, the, in, in your medicine cabinet comes out and you're fighting, arguing, biting one another, cursing one another out the whole nine yards. Why? Because you weren't able to continue on that emotional journey and what you had, what, what was restricted and held down. He said one word, it triggered and all hell broke loose because you entered into a relationship unhealthy and unhealed. But you look good, though. <laughs> I mean, you got your hair did, your nails did, girl. You smell good. I mean, you just working it, girl. You are working it. But, you know, inside, and Jesus, and I'm not saying this about you all, but Jesus made a reference when he was talking about the scribes and Pharisees. He was like, y'all all dressed up. He said, you're nothing but a whitey sepulcher, right? In other words, a whitewashed, uh, decorated, polished grave uh, uh, um, tombstone. I'm not saying that's you all, but what I'm saying is there are, there is, let me put this tactfully. I'm not, yeah, my heart. There is a tendency to dress all this up on the outside and on the inside is just ashes, dust, bones, hurt, chaos, uh, a desert. But all of this is made up and we see that all the time, right? Moving right along. Let me check in on y'all. Make sure you're with me. Hold on. I'm coming. Everybody good. All right. Good deal. All right. So moving along, let's talk about the journey to healthy relationships um, and keeping in mind that the journey to relationships is, listen, is predicated, excuse me, the journey to healthy relationships is predicated by healing. Put that in the comment or screenshot it. Just don't forget it. The journey, because it's a journey, uh, people of God, you're going to have bumps, you're going to have road rage you know you you it's not just oh we met we met we love each other we born in the same month we like the same colors oh we're gonna live happily ever after it's a journey there are gonna be days that you're gonna be like don't you have somewhere to go <laughs> it's a journey okay um and he's please ask talked about that it's gonna be time you want to embrace don't embrace speak don't speak it it's, it's gonna happen it's a journey it's never gonna be the same but it should be consistent so the journey to healthy relationships is predicated by healing now, I gave two scriptures here, and it almost looks like I'm contradicting what I'm talking about here, but I'm really not. Proverbs 14.1, um, if any of you are familiar with this one, it talks about how it's better for a man to dwell in the corner of a house, uh, or the rooftop, than to, than to dwell with a uh, brawling, contentious woman or what have you. And, and so here you have, when there is a woman, because we're talking about women, I'm not, you know, why are you talking about men? Because we ain't talking about the men today. <laughs> but when you when you have a woman who is unhealed, okay, this is the type of woman Proverbs 41 is talking about. The whole book of Proverbs is good for relationships. But he's talking about this contentious woman. Why is she contentious? Why is Mary, and if there's a Mary on here, sis, I'm not talking about you at all. 
But, you know, why is she acting out like that? Why is she so angry? Why is she so mad? Why doesn't she ever have anything good to say? Because inwardly, Mary, that, that sister is unhealed. There are some broken areas in her that, that refuses to allow her to enjoy a relationship or a friendship or a moment or whatever. The broken areas in her life, it, 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 um, it will fight against her quality of life. Okay? So, when the Bible talks about that contentious woman, and many times when you hear it, you know, we kind of chuckle in the church or what have you, but I want you to really look at what that looks like because it doesn't have to be a man on the rooftop. It can be the, the kids, the dog. Like, oh my God, she's coming home. Run, y'all. You know, when, you, when, you, when you're carrying all that stuff, bitterness from what happened, bitterness from relationships, bitterness from what ain't happened for you yet, and, and you, you got it packed up, sis. It's all in here, and then you wonder why don't nobody really want to hang with you like that. I mean, I'm, I love you, but I got to say it, you know, because it's it, this stuff is coming out of your pores. It's coming out. It's, you're bleeding. It's manifesting. And, and it's this, the, 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 the uh, disturbing thing about it is many times that person doesn't even notice it. Why? Because that contentious and that animosity and that bitterness has become a part of their DNA. It's become a fabric fabric of their personality. They have adopted a whole nother mentality. A whole you like she used to be sweet, she used to be kind, but after she went through that girl, don't you like praise God. We got well, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I know somebody who um when I first met them we were just sweet. We would used to talk and laugh and have a good time. Now I'm telling you, I barely want to be in the same space. As a matter of fact, I listen, I make every concerted, conscientious effort to avoid being in the same space with this person. Do I pray for that person? Yep, I sure do. Do I love the person? Of course I do. But that person is so embittered by a couple of things. And being in their presence is just, it's just, it's, it's tiring. Because you, you're ducking and dodging and like, okay, did she, did she just throw off on me? I mean, you know, you're almost like you got to fight those words. Who wants to be around a person that you got to put a, 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 um, some kind of wall up to, to protect yourself from, from words? Words hurt. And so anyway, so, you know, when you talk about an unhealed woman, we're talking about how that affects those around you. It's not just you, God wants you to be healed, but then you have also have to understand that when you are unhealed, how does that affect those around you? And should you really be surprised if nobody want to come to your birthday party or your 50th celebration or your I'm 21 or whatever? You really shouldn't be surprised because if that's what's coming out of you, then people are running and then trying to get away. And the Bible said that the man was on the top of the house. You know what I'm saying? He didn't want to abandon the relationship. And so you find there are people that can't either they're married to you or they're blood related to you or you work with them or you're in church with them. They can't leave, but they'll go as far away from you as possible. That's in the word of God. People of God, Proverbs 14, 1. All I did was put some flesh on the bones. Put some meat on the bones. And so then when you look at um, Proverbs 21, verse 9, and the Bible is talking about the, um, what scripture was that? Bring it to me, Holy Ghost. Come on, Jesus. Come on, Jesus. Uh, the Bible said, a wise woman builds her house and a foolish woman pluck it down with her hands. Right? So a wise woman, a woman who is healed, a woman who is healthy, has uh, an, an intrinsic nature to build, to nurture, to decorate, to... Uh, maintain that comes along with being healthy and being made whole but when you have someone who's not the Bible says this person 
is operating in the spirit of a fool and they're plucking things down. You're destroying things. You even you don't even have an idea of 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 how destructive you are. And I don't mean you, but I'm just saying you. You know, you you have no because you're so unhealthy. You don't realize your words now. Somebody has to go home and cry all night long because of what you said. That's what I, that's about. You know, foolishly, foolishly without with foolishly without consideration, without deliberation, without you know considering anybody else. You just said what you wanted to say, and now you have inflicted a wound in your son or your daughter or your grandbabies or your coworker or your people or what have you. And and you're plucking, you're pulling things down instead of building. So these are all fruits of being unhealthy. And um, being unwhole, and I and I, I had to, I wanted to show you. And don't forget, there is a difference between being healthy and being made whole, right? So now uh, I'm coming to. Um, we're gonna get go a little bit deeper, all right? And this again, if you feel like you need help, somebody reach out to you, um, please do so. I'm gonna do a quick little check in and make sure y'all still with me, and then we're gonna go um, a little bit deeper. Everybody good? All right, good, good, good. Okay, so. Now we're going to talk about, whew, thank you, Holy Ghost. There are two, I'm going to talk about two different types of singlehood. Um, because what you don't want to do is assume that everybody is single for the same reason. Oh, she's single. She can't find a man. Oh, she's single because she's too old. Oh, she's single because she, whatever. You know, there are two types of singlehood that I'm going to talk about. I'm going to talk about forced singlehood, and then I'm going to talk about choice singlehood. Okay, put that in the chat. Forced singlehood and chat, um, chat, choice singlehood. So when I say forced singlehood, I'm talking about whether you've been abandoned in a relationship. Um, somebody walked out on you. Somebody uh, passed away. You know, maybe a widow situation. Um, infidelity or, or what have you. In, in other words, in other words, this wasn't something you planned. It happened. It was your you being single was forced on you. It, it wasn't the way it started. You you had to accept a new norm, and it that's a grief in and of itself. Is and, and I'm getting ready to get into that in a minute. But when you have to accept, oh my gosh, we're not together anymore. Um, he's not gonna do that no more. They're not gonna be there. There's a grief and there's a loss, and you have to. And I know we're all saved and we speak in tongues and we got all this fire of God in us, but you're still human. And so there comes a time, and Jesus demonstrated that Jesus wept. Jesus, Lord of glory. Then he said he was hungry. Then he said he was thirsty. Then he wanted to pass the bitter cup, right? And so he gave us examples of, yeah, you can live this kingdom life, and you can live this life of faith, but you also need to remain in touch with your humanity. And that's a problem in the body of Christ. Can I just talk about that? Somebody say amen, because we want, I'm strong, I'm tearing on devils, I'm, we, we're, <laughs> we're building kingdoms, and we cast on devils. Yeah, that's wonderful, praise God. Yeah, continue to do that. But then you also need to acknowledge the seasons in your life where you've been hurt, where you've been abandoned, when you've been neglected, you've been rejected, you've been mistreated. Praise God. You need the same way you can acknowledge your highs. You need to acknowledge your lows. And you need to be real with that because those are areas of grief. I did a study when I was in college on the pr prolonged grief disorder, PGD. I'm like, wow, my God, that things that you don't you don't uh, uh, acknowledge that has hurt you turns and listen it 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 it, it internalizes sorry that was hard to say that but what you don't deal with 
it internalizes. I don't know why I'm struggling to say those two words together. It internalizes. Thank you, devil. You're alive. It internalizes. See how you got to press through sometimes challenging stuff? But it internalizes and it attacks the body. And it can come out in all sorts of ways. But, you know, stay in touch with your humanity. You're a pastor. You're a business owner. You're a mom. You're a grandmom. You, whatever you do with your wonderful self. But then you're also human. Guess what? You pinch, scratch yourself, you bleed. So, you know, say, don't become so heavenly minded that you forget that, you know, you human, you are having a, a human experience, the journey. Remember we said the journey. So when you are in a forced singlehood situation, number one, acknowledge your loss. Now here I'm going to talk about, this is um, Ruth. I'm trying to stay track of my time. Um, Dr. Aisha, if I'm going over, just let me know, woman of God, okay? Uh, so we're we talking about Ruth. And, and, and I, I just titled this from trauma to triumph, right? Because just because you're in a trauma that didn't we say Jeremiah 29, 11, God has this expected hope. He has a future for you. That doesn't mean that that's it. The shades have not been drawn. The curtain hasn't fallen, fallen. Don't give a benediction where God has not said, amen. It's not over unless you want it to be over. Okay, but with Ruth, you would think of out of anybody that could have said, you know what, put the nail in the coffin. I'm done. That's it. I'm, my husband's dead. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I, yeah, this is it for me. I'm done. Here I am, young woman, and I, it's over. That could have been her story. But here's some things I would just want to walk you through this, screenshot it, or however, jot it down if you can write real fast or whatnot. But I just want to pull out some bullets from her story because she went through the process. She unpacked. She confronted. And, and sometimes, I'm going to say this, I'm going to say it. We want to avoid that. We want to shout it out, uh, preach it out, prophesy, tell me I'm great. Tell me I'm going to the nations. Okay, go to the nations. When you come back, your trauma will be here waiting for you. As a matter of fact, it's going to sit beside you on the plane, along with the other folk that don't wear a mask that's causing all kinds of problems. Praise God. So you, you can't escape it. People, you're not going to get away from it. You, you just don't move away and it goes away. It follows you until you deal with it. And, and so in terms of trauma, you know, you can't control what happened, but you can control how you happen to it. If that makes sense to anybody. And so this was a forced thing. She married this man here. She thinks she's going to have, you know, forever with him and children and her. You know, how you try to build your own life or not. Well, it didn't happen like that. Her husband died. And then the brother-in-law died. The daddy died first. I mean, it was so much death going around like my God. And so if she, listen, she, if, if anybody had a past to just say, you know what, forget it. I'm done. Y'all, I, I don't trust. If I marry another man, I'm scared. Are you going to die too? I mean, this thing could have really you know, did something damaging to her. But what she first did, she acknowledged her loss. In other words, she stayed there. And I want you, when y'all go back and read this story again, go back and ask the Holy Spirit of God to teach us to you and, 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 and to where it would apply to you. But she didn't just say, well, I'm out here, I'm gone. She didn't just take her drama back home. She stayed in that house where all the grief was. In other words, she acknowledged it. She didn't run from it. She didn't run to the altar. Pray for me, put some oil on me and cast this demon out. This is not a demon. This is a situation. You understand? Demons may be attracted to it, but you're going to have to confront it to get out of it. So she acknowledged her loss. How did she do that? She coped. She didn't run. She didn't abandon it. Second thing, she confronted her grief. She acknowledged it. Yeah, my husband died. My Everybody's around me is dying. And now I've got to make a decision. I've got to determine whether this is the end of my story or 
should I move on? So you got to confront, okay, what am I going to do now that he's gone, that he left me with these children or he took, you know, the money or, or whatever your thing looks like. What do I confront it? What do I do now with this pain? And what did Ruth do? She stayed there and she continued to serve Naomi. That was not an easy thing to do because Naomi is grieving too. But my third point is she connected with her healers. I'm going to get into that in just, in, in just a little bit. Is she connected with her healers? When you are in, and rather you got a four singlehood or choice singlehood. When you are in a place of pain, you, I'm not, praise God. I would advise you to, let me say that, to connect with your healers. Now, what do you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean connect with your healer? What I'm saying is there are people that God has assigned. He has graced them. He has equipped them, mantled them and gave them the put up with her anointing. <laughs> He's given that to them to help you get through your season of, of, of grief. You need to connect with those because what this type of thing will do to you is it will cause you to draw back. And that's exactly what the enemy, you don't call nobody. You don't go nowhere. You don't want to, you, 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 you know, you just, you isolate. And that's, that's exactly where the enemy wants you by yourself so he can attack you. But in a time like that, when you look at what Ruth did, Ruth did not run. She stayed in the same house where the incident occurred. She stayed there with the pain. She stayed there with Oprah. She stayed there with, with uh, Naomi until it was time for a shift. Do you understand what I'm saying? She waited for her time to shift. She didn't say, so what are we going to do? When I need y'all to tell look, we got to get up. She waited. For her season of release. Okay. Now. When I say connect with her healers. Here's the funny thing. Naomi was her healer. Even though Naomi needed healing. Now that, that right there. When God gave me that. I was like okay God. You just so bad. You just. Ooh you so bad. Because even though you may be in a season of pain. God may still use you. To heal somebody else. And, you, and I'm. Oh I'm a witness. I'm like God. I'm Hello. I like I need help, but you got me doing this, doing that. So, and the Lord was like, "You listen, God will heal you as you go." Jesus said, "He said as they went, they were healed." And so, that some of us say, "Out your Amen." That God has told you, has given you certain assignments. In the midst of that assignment, that was where your healing was. But you waiting for the bishop and the apostle and the prophet to call you to the altar and put some oil on you. And God said, "I told you to go uh, do that assignment." Your healing was in, was in the midst of that assignment. <laughs> your healing was in the midst of that assignment. So Naomi's healing was framed within her assignment to Ruth. And Ruth's healing was framed within her assignment to Naomi. It's, that's a beautiful thing. Because here's what the devil has told many of you. Uh, well, how are you going to help them and look at yourself as jacked up? I don't know how I'm going to help them look at myself as jacked up. All I know God told me to. <laughs> I don't have to have the answers. Right? I don't have. When God tells you to do things, he asked Jeremiah, what's Jeremiah? I said, I don't know. It's, you don't have to have the answers. And that's to my over, overthinking spiritual children. Praise God. You got to analyze and do a mathematical equation for everything. You're not going to always have the answers, but you will be healed as you go. In other words, healing is conditional upon your obedience. So connect with your healers, the people that God has put in your life. There may be folks on your church, folks on your job, people on the bus, people in the neighborhood, Miss Mary from next door, whoever your healers are. I don't know, but you'll know because why they'll keep pulling on you. I'm checking on you, baby. Come on over here. I got pot roast for you. You'll know. You will know in your knower that this person keep reaching out. They keep checking on me. They keep because God is telling them God is connecting you all because God is trying to heal you. 
Next thing, put the work in. What did Ruth do? When, and I'm moving on because I know we, you know, I'm trying to keep uh, keep you um, be mindful of time. But what did Ruth do when they got to to Bethlehem, Judah? Naomi said, "I need you to get to work." Wait a minute. <laughs> I'm hurting. I'm going through. I'm sad. And I just want to sit in this house with you and let the both of us just cry until we can't cry no more. Now, Naomi was like, no, I need you to go down to the field and I need you to work. So what is God saying? In, what is the prophetic key in that is put the work in. Find something to do. Do not just sit there and just and, and allow depression and, and hardship and all that other stuff to take you out. Find something to do. What am I supposed to do? Whatever God told you to do. Find, put your work in, find your field, find your barley field and glean. She couldn't even harvest. She had to glean. She, she was so, listen, my God, you had to pick up what was left over. In other words, it may not be your primary assignment. You may be sent to assist somebody until God said, okay, now you're strong enough to, to move on to the next level. And then my last key here for forced singlehood is then, listen, after all of this, acknowledge your loss, confront your grief, connect with your healers, put the work in. Guess what? Now it's time to unlock your heart. What do we do? We unlock the heart before the, <laughs> we up here unlocking hearts. You hadn't done none of this work. None of that work. So you, you, you're, you're walking into a new relationship with trauma, grief, loss. You don't have any healers. You're not listening to nobody. You're not working, putting the work in, but you're ready to love again. It's a process. Now, some people, Ruth, she moved to herself quick. Some people may take a little longer depending on how resilient they are. Okay? Moving right along. Now I'm going to talk about from tragedy to trauma. Let me just check in with y'all. Make sure everybody's here. Yes, 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 yes. Good deal. I'm glad y'all still hanging in there. Alright, so let me get back to the screen. So, now we're talking about... Um, Remember, the first one was, what I say, from trauma to triumph. This one is from tragedy to trauma. So in this situation, it doesn't get better. By choice, right? By her choice, by Tamar's choice, if you can't figure out who this is. And it's a picture, ain't her for real. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to point that, oh, she's, yeah, Tamar, she's beautiful. Honey, that's something I found on Google. Praise God. I was just happy to see her look, looking like that. Anyway, but here... Um, this is a, a, a biblical um, uh, evidence of tragedy to trauma, right? In other words, this was her, gosh, there's so much I can say about this one. But in Tamar's situation, uh, the tragedy was that she was raped. She was a victim of rape and incest by her brother, right? Amnon. And so because of that, she chose to be single. And I wanted to point that out because let me go back here for a minute. Because, Dr. Jackson, I found out that, and we even did this in, in, in our church. We had a couple of years ago, we had a singles ministry, and everything was going good. Our singles director was doing an awesome, phenomenal job. But she was like, you know, she was like, Apostle, you know, it's kind of hard sometimes to get certain people to, you know, uh, participate or whatnot, whatnot. So I said, God, what's going on? I mean, they're going out having fun and stuff. I said, what's going on? And the Lord gave me the revelation. He said, not everybody's single. Not every single woman is looking to be found. Not every single woman wants a mate. Some women are single by choice. They don't want, and, and that's their, listen, marriage is not a, a mandatory. It's not. If that's not for you, that's not for you. Apostle Paul, he said, he said, look, if you don't have, if you don't have to get married, don't. He said, abide even as I am. Because he was so, you know, committed to the work. That's not everybody's story. <laughs> Some people are like, the devil is a <laughs> The devil is a lot. That ain't my story. Ain't nothing. That is not the grace God gave me. 
and that's fine too right but with 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 tamar um her her singlehood was by choice after what happened to her and this is where when god gave me the revelation i told my spiritual daughter i said okay we got to dismantle that because the lord was showing me something that there were some of the women in there that didn't want to mate and so you know you don't want to you know you don't want to make people feel like i gotta do it because i don't want to seem like i'm anti-social and so i was like you know what just dismantle it we'll do something different but that's the thing not every single woman desires a mate and so you can't group singles together you know what I'm saying? You you got to look at, you know, are you forced into singlehood and yet looking or do you have you chosen to be single and you good with you and your coffee and matlock and and your ice cream or, or whatever, your your gym or what I mean and and some women are like that. They're like I'm good. And you even hear this I don't need a man. And I mean, I can't judge that. You know, I can't cuz that's their story. And you've got to allow people the right to have their story. That's their story. I don't need a man. Okay. Praise God. You got to respect that. There's a reason why. Could be because of some relationship trauma, mistreatment, value, whatever. I don't know. I don't know. But you can't judge. What's, girl, you 40 years old. You ain't got married yet? Nope. I'm building a career. I'm working on my credit. I ain't got time for that drama. I ain't got time to be cooking for nothing. No, nope. I'm happy. I'm good. You have to respect that. And so I say that even those of us who are mothers or grandmothers and, you know, you <sighs> grace me, Holy Ghost, to say this. You know, we have to be careful not to impose our own values onto others. You've got to understand we're in a different generation now. And can I just be honest and shame the devil? Christian marriages have not been the best examples for our young people. And I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I'm just telling facts, facts. Christian marriages are not the best examples right now. So if you have a young lady or your son or whatever, and you're like, when y'all get mad, when it's time y'all get, and they're like, no, we're good. And I'm not saying that that's okay. Hear my heart. I'm saying, you know, there are reasons why people choose certain things. You don't have to agree with it, but it makes sense sometimes why they're like, I'm good. I'm straight. I've seen how I grew up in a, in a, in a, uh, um, trauma, uh, household, I'm good. And and then in those cases, you pray and say, Lord, you know, heal the parts of them that um, are, you know, is, is blinding them from marriage or whatever. You Then you do the work praying, but don't keep forcing that. I need y'all. I need some grandbabies. I need to leave them alone because then you're going to push them away. Let, let them find that time. Let them find their time. You pray and ask God, Lord, heal the areas in my son or my daughter or my grandbaby or my niece or whoever. Heal the area in her heart or his heart that has been traumatized by bad marriages. You can have that for free. So with Tamar, um, she went from tragedy to trauma as a result of her being raped um, and, and, uh, and, and molested or what have you by her brother. She chose to be single. She chose to be single. And so that tragedy inflicted trauma. And when I remember I talked about the relationship journey, how she was never able to come. She was never able to break out of that. She was never able. And there are some women of God right now, some women, uh, period. Right. But even women of God, too, in the church that just can't get through. And some of, some of you, I'm talking to you right now, you, because of what happened to you, and it didn't have to be rape, incest, or molestation, or somebody touching you. It could have been a bad breakup, a bad marriage. I've heard women say, oh, that's it. I will never love again. I will never. And I'm like, yeah, I've been through some stuff too, but the devil is a lie. I, I got a lot of love in me. <laughs> I 
I'm not going to let nobody shut down my gift to love. Praise God. So, but again, you know, it depends on how resilient a person is. If you don't have the support, I'm going to get into that. I'm, I'm trying to talk through this, y'all, because Lord, is so much I want to share with you. But when you don't have that support network and you don't have somebody to build you back up when a bad relationship has torn you down, this is what happens. And so with Tamar, she was a victim of rape, victim of incest. It was very tragic, right? It was not just tragic with her, but it was tragedy surrounding what happened. Absalom killed the brother, and then it was a mess, right? Nothing got better. Everything went from worse to worse to worse. And then she was on that compass of shame. She didn't want to be seen. She, the Bible says she didn't even return to her father's house. She didn't want to be known or acknowledged as a princess. And so you'll find sometimes in, in choice singlehood, you know, on Valentine's Day, you don't see from people. You don't hear from them. They just kind of, you know, self-absorb and they just sit in the house in the dark or holidays or birthdays or anniversaries. They retreat because they just, you know, I don't want to be around anybody. I don't want to be reminded. And it's withdrawing or self-blaming. If I would have did this better, it would have worked out. If I would have just gave him what he wanted. No, you pray. I don't care what you would have gave him. If he's a joker, he's a joker. <laughs> praise God pray for him but get you free so and the other thing is that Tamar had a lack of moral support if ever there was a time that she needed King David to be there and stand up which was Absalom's issue with him uh was then he he wouldn't do that and so again when you find women of God and I'm just saying you know women praise God um who are stuck that journey has been interrupted because something tragic happened to them they're feeling shame and withdrawn. People know about me. They're talking about me or what have you. They don't have any support. If people are blaming, well, you shouldn't have been around it with your little fast self. You shouldn't have had that on you. I don't care what I had on. That didn't give you the right to touch me. Right? That didn't give you the right to do what you did to me. I don't care what I had on. Uh, she had misguided help. Absalom said, hey, come stay in my house. And all he did was protect her from anybody else. But in, in that, he did great harm because now she's even more embittered. He wouldn't let anybody near her. And she refused to unlock her heart to the day she died. So you see the difference there? From, tra from tragedy to trauma to where she carried that thing to her grave. Because she did not have the support. So remember I said, seek out your healers. She was shut down. She could not, not re-emerge from that pain, that crisis at all. So the balance between being healthy and healed. Pray, let me check on y'all because that was heavy. Let me, hold on. Okay, thank you. Dr. Jackson said, I'm good. All right. So the balance now here, but, um, there must be a balance, rather, between being healthy and being healed. Right? Because we can be healthy in certain areas of our life and then unhealed in other areas. And there's got to be a balance. And so here, here we are, you know... Uh, 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 eating kale and our credit score is 750. We got stocks. Like I got, got spiritual daughter on here. She's like the stock queen. We've got our PhD and DD, THD, EDD. You know, we got all kind of degrees. We got money in the bank. We got cars. We are, listen, we ain't waiting for nobody to buy us no house. We got our own housing program. And so we, we're, we're strong here emotionally or relationally. This is where we are. Things that we have not resolved. Things that we cannot resolve. Things we didn't even know needed to be resolved is right here. So it's unbalanced. So in that, we've got to confront the harm, whatever your harm is, whatever has you stuck on your emotional journey to wellness, confront it, whatever that is. And then confront it as often as necessary. In other words, is this some things that you go through and I can talk about me. You have to continue to take before the Lord until you feel a release. 
Just because you prayed on a Sunday morning with the church choir and, oh, I thank God, yeah, I prayed about it. Yeah, but it still hurts you. The minute somebody mentioned that person's name, you manifest. So you're not done praying. <laughs> you, did, you need to continue until you get free. You need to be on the altar until you get free. You need to be on the floor until you get free. And then here's the next point. Acknowledge your role. Because here's what we do. Well, you know, he's so-and-so and he's so and, and that may be true. That may be true, but we may have a role to play, too, that we need to be honest. And say, you know what? Yeah, he did that, but you know what? I did do some things, too. And acknowledge your role. Let's not put all everything on that other person, but also accept your role in it, whatever that looks like. Third point, seek out your helpers. God first. He is a present help in the time of trouble. But then he also has put human agents here on the earth that he has gifted with his Holy Ghost. And we're going to cover that in just a few. He has put people here on the earth to help you get through your stuff. I don't want them to know. Everybody know. You mean. They know. Yeah, she's going through. She don't even speak to nobody today. <laughs> Tra trauma is not going to let you hide. Right? You may hide from yourself, but everybody else see. They know you're going through. They know you're bound. So seek out your helpers. Those whom God is, has placed in your path to help you. Seek them out and say, look, help. And then understand, too, you may need more than one helper. Those of you who are medical doctors or you are nursing or what have you, you've got a PCP, right, your primary care provider. But then when there's an issue that they don't cover, then he refers you to a specialist. you got a kidney doctor. you got a lung doctor. you got a foot doctor. you got a breast doctor. you got a head doctor. You know what I'm saying? Depending on what the issues are. So your healers, may you may have more than one depending on what's going on with you. Okay? Follow instruction. Obedience is better than sacrifice. And discipline is key. Remember Ruth. What you don't want to do is allow your pain. Because I'm, I'm giving y'all some strategies. Like, okay, woman of God, what do I do? I'm telling you. I'm telling you right now how to get through this. Okay? Remember what Ruth went through. Very painful. Very traumatizing. Very, very terrible. But she didn't shut down her ear gate from, from listening to wisdom. You cannot let pain drive you crazy or drive you so far away that you, you that pain drives you away from wise people. From why, And I, I've, I've seen it a thousand times. You just don't want to hear from nobody. You're mad at the world. Folks who ain't even did nothing to you, you ain't speaking like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> and so the enemy will do that. Pain will do that. Will put you in the car and drive you across town away from the people that are in place to help you. And will get you to the folk that <laughs> will inflict more pain and more harm. He'll connect you with those folk. But the people you need to connect to, you run. And the Bible says the wicked run, nobody's chasing them. What you running for? You need help. You need to stand still. So follow instruction. First of all, whatever the Holy Spirit is telling you to do. Second of all, your helpers. Those who God has grace to put in your life to help you do what they're telling you to do. They may say, baby, you need to shut down your social media because we're sick and tired of seeing you on there manifesting. You going live every five minutes. I just need to let them know something. Honey. Praise God. The five people that you were trying to win to Christ, you lost them. You've damaged your witness. Get off Facebook. You're hurting. And you, you praise God, you put Christ open shame. Get off Facebook. Right now, close your account. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You, you may need that. You may need that. When you're in that season where God is, is, is trying to heal you or what have you, you're going to have to listen and follow instructions so that, that person or persons can get you to your healed hold place. Fellowship. Remember what I said about how the enemy would love to drive you away from people? You don't have a problem connecting with the folk who don't mean you no good. But the ones who are really there for you, oh, you, you just don't want to be around them. 
I just don't want to be around them. I don't want to talk to them. Why? Because they're going to say, okay, so how are we doing? With, they're, going to, they're going to hold you accountable. And we don't want to do that. But yet we want a relationship or we want the next thing. And it doesn't work like that, people of God. So we got to learn how to fellowship. Whatever that looks like. Go to dinner. Go to the park. Go bowling. Go skating. Get out of the house. What did Naomi tell Ruth? Go to Boaz Field. Glean. She said, you can't even, what you sitting up in here with me? <laughs> Get out of the house, praise God. Go to the well, Rebecca. Go to the well, woman with the seven, five husbands. Get out the house. Fellowship. Get around people so you can, so you can draw strength. You can draw encouragement and, and, and motivation and you can get some wisdom, some impartations and, and praise God so you can reignite your joy wheel. Next thing is forgiveness is not an event. It's a process. Well, I, I, when I prayed last night, the Our Father prayer, I said, Lord, forgive all those who hurt me. Praise God. I'm glad you prayed that Our Father's prayer, but that is not what Jesus meant for you. Peter or one of the disciples said, well, how many times should we ask for forgiveness? Seven times seven? Jesus said, no. <laughs> seven times seven. In other words, the number seven is completion. So don't say, well, don't start counting down. Well, I already forgave him like 12 times, so I got how many more times? We're not talking about some mathematical equation. We're talking about until the act of forgiveness is complete, you keep forgiving. If you got to wake up every day, somebody call the name and you feel something, Lord, I forgive Johnny. And y'all want to know, let me tell you how prophetic the Holy Ghost is. I lied to you not. Somebody named Johnny just text me. <laughs> I cannot make this stuff up. That's why I stop and I'm like, look at this right here. Praise God. Um, can, we, we know God is here. Guys, I done drew a Johnny into the whole teaching in the flesh. Um, but praise God. So forgiveness is not an event. It's not a one and done thing. You got to forgive until when you get to Walmart and you see them on aisle three, you don't leave your shopping cart and run out the side door. No, you have not forgiven them. You don't for, you you have not forgiven if somebody mentioned their name and you child want to hear about no you have not forgiven you still hurt you still hurt so forgiveness is not an event it's a process and then the other thing is unlock your heart open your heart to receive open your heart to to allow God to make that stony heart because pain and hardship and trauma trauma will harden your heart not just against who hurt you but against everybody there are people who are mad at God. Because of a relate, God, you said that's my husband. I'm mad at him. This joke about calls me in the backslide. Now you mad at God. You mad the prophet said that's my husband. First of all, you shouldn't listen to the prophet because the prophet ain't got to marry them. But now you mad at the prophet. You mad at all the prophets. Unlock your heart and learn how to trust again. Ask the Holy Ghost to help you learn how to trust again. All right, we're getting, we're coming on through this, y'all. We're coming in. So acknowledge the need for help and seek it out. Proverbs eleven fourteen says, "Where no counsel is." people fail in other words when you don't have counselors or advisors or people wise voices you will fail you will make decisions based upon your own mental framework and if you're not in a good place you're not going to make good decisions and that's just i can't make it no plainer than that but the bible says but in the multitude of counselors there is safety and so when you look at that in the hebrew the hebrew word for counselors are those who are the givers they are the consultant. And when I say givers, these are people who are bringing you donuts. They're bringing you coffee. They're coming by checking your mail for you. They're, 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 their presence in your life is to bring you something. And, 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 and it's that gift of whatever that gift is. It's a part of the healing for you. 
you don't worry about cooking tonight, baby. I got you. Here's a cash of twenty five dollars. That God, God is using them to help you. Okay, and and they they operate under that that function of counselors. Believe it or not. So you got the givers, you got consultants, you got those who give advice, the planners. Okay, girl, when you get off Friday, we're going down to the beach. That's a counselor in your life. See, y'all don't even, y'all don't even, this is, let me tell you, y'all being so blessed right now because you all have failed. Some of you have failed to realize that God has put help there for you and you didn't even identify, you didn't even see it. Like Jesus came on a donkey and you was looking for him in a BMW. You, you were missing it. And you wonder, why is this not happening for me? It's been happening. You just weren't able to identify, but now you got it. Y'all got it. I'm telling you. So the givers, consultants, advice, planners, those who can redirect your purpose. That should be, well, direct direct your purpose or redirect your purpose. Like, girl, look, you can do better than that, girl. You be all right. You, you know what I'm saying? Those kind of people. They fall under the agency of counselors and the guides. Let, let me help you here. Put this, take that off. Take them, give them shoes. Give them the shoes, girl. Give them the shoes. Uh, you know what I'm saying? My daughter, mom, don't you ever put that on again. You know, they, they help guide. These are people. These are your gifts. These are your helpers. Some of your kids may be your helpers. Ma, I'm making breakfast for you. Praise God. And they didn't even speak in tongues or quote of scripture, but they operated in the gift of counsel to bring healing to you. And then the Hebrew word for safety is salvation, deliverance, healing, like what we're having right now. Remember I said this is a safe place? And some of you may feel like crying or may feel like whatever because you're in a safe place, right? Because you're in the presence of a counselor, right? You're in the presence, I'm sorry, y'all. You're in the presence of a counselor. And so you're in a safe, a safe place. You're not going to be judged. You're not going to be ridiculed or harassed. You're in a safe place. And so salvation can take place, deliverance, healing, help, victory, right? And rescue. Like some, somebody, come get me, please. I feel like I'm drowning. And this message was that life jacket that said, come on, daughter, let's go. You, can, you went through it. You're probably still going through it, but you're going to make it. Just come on. I got you. You can hear the father say, baby, I got you, daughter, I got you. So one of the seven spirits of God is the spirit of counsel. That's found in Isaiah chapter 11, verse 2, the spirit of counsel. And there are those, beside what's happening in 1 Corinthians 13, 14, beside what's happening in Galatians 5, 22, God has other fruits and gifts and things too, okay? So, you know, there are those seven spirits of God, and one of them is the spirit of counsel. And, and, and that is a, a manifestation of of gifts of administration like what dr jackson does like what i do like many other therapists woman of god that ministered last night to marriage couples are all operating in that gift in that spirit of god that's that sevenfold dimension of god this stuff is so beautiful it was I remember it all goes back to jeremiah 29 11 and third john 2 god has put all of these things in the body to keep us healed and to keep us whole so you may say, well, what about him? Apostle, you talking about all this stuff I got to do. I got to forgive. I got to get helpers. I got to go work in the field. And, and, but what about him? As you heal, because right now it's not about him, right? As you heal, your decision-making matrix will improve. Remember what I said earlier. You won't make decisions based on pain or loneliness. Or I got to have somebody. I'm getting old. As you heal, you will make more informed decisions, better decisions. As you heal, you will develop skill sets to confront those who harmed you without catching a case and us seeing you on the slammer. You'll be able to say, can we talk? Or I'm get, can I get your email address? I need to send you an email. You'll learn how to release it in a healthy way. As you heal, you learn to love yourself first and then demand respect. If you don't love you, you, you cannot expect anybody else to love you. 
You'll drive that man crazy. Hey, do you love me, babe? You love me every day. Do you love me? Do you love me? If you have to keep doing it, it's because you haven't learned how to love yourself. Learn how to love yourself first. And then you'll be able to expect love or demand love from somebody else. As you heal, you will develop the patience to wait for your partner or your spouse or whatever it is that you believe in God for. And you will enjoy your journey. You will enjoy who you are becoming. Are you married? No, nope, I'm married. But girl, I'm working on my weight. I'm working on my hair. I'm working. I started a nonprofit. I'm doing tutoring in school. You, 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 as you heal, because guess what? I don't need him to make me whole. I'm whole within myself. Now, when he comes into my life, then we'll form a beautiful union and we'll do greater works. But for right now, I'm good. You understand what I'm saying? Well, whew, praise God. That has the uh, I've come to the end of my um, message for you tonight. And let me just say to you that, you know, it's my prayer, which I'm going to release a prayer. And then we'll, I, if we have time for questions, what have you, we'll do that. But it's my prayer that you heard God speak to you and that you came to this line with an expectation that some of the things that you have been struggling with and just some blocks, blockages in the spirit um, have been removed. And that insight, that wisdom and understanding strategy has come and that, that you can see clearly. You can see clearly. I'm coming off of this so I can look and see what's happening here. Um, and so that we can pray together. Because you matter. Because you matter. And because your health and your healing matters to God. And not only that, not only that, the person to whom God has for you needs you to be healed and healthy. They need you to be healed. They need you to be healthy. You don't know. I, I mentioned about Rebecca in my last message and we're getting ready to pray. But I mentioned about Rebecca in my last message and I talked about how, um, you know, she God used her to help heal Isaac. Well, how can you heal anybody? How can you how can you operate in that dimension of relationship healing or marriage healing or whatever your thing that God's going to use you if you're broken? You, you'll be offended by everything. You, 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 I ain't got time for it. I, bye, boy, bye. You won't have the patience for a while because you're still working through your own stuff. There's some of you, and I'm just going to speak this to you prophetically. There's some of you, God has your mate, but this man is broken. And that's a whole other topic of uh, uh, Dr. Jackson. There are some broken men that are good men, but they're broken men. You understand what I'm saying? They've been broken by the, some of them women we talked about in Proverbs. The one that's fighting all the time, this brother working hard, bringing his whole paycheck. And, and it's still, it's it's not, it ain't good enough. And, and so some of them, God is about to release. He's about to release. And, and, and he's going to come out of that thing wounded. I'm telling you, he's going to come out of it wounded. So who is God going to send him? Where Isaac was wounded after Sarah passed away, Isaac was wounded. The brother, the Bible said he came walking through the fields of Lahai That means in the Hebrew, the place where God sees me because he, oh, I feel the presence of God. He felt unseen. Because I, I, I got to speak up for the brothers now because I know we beat them up a little bit in this message. But there are men who feel like she doesn't see me. No matter what I do, she doesn't see me. No matter how much I try to preach at her, she doesn't see me. And so Isaac was coming from that place where he felt like nobody saw me. Abraham had married Keturah, had some more kids. Or what, uh, yeah, had some more kids. And here he is in his mama's tent. And he's got he's surrounded by grief. And it took Rebecca. It took a woman with a nursing spirit. The book of Proverbs talks about a woman with kindness in her tongue. 
the law of kindness, how her husband at the gate, people were, man, you got a good wife. You got an awesome wife. You know, because she, the way she carried herself, you want to be, listen to me, people of God. When God sent for Abraham, when Abraham sent his servant to find a wife for Isaac, there are some men who are asking God, find me a wife. You said, who did he have find wife, find favor? Lord, find me a wife. Is he, are you a candidate? I mean, I'm just talking as, as girls, we girls. Are you a candidate for Isaac? If, if your man is the one who lost his mom or lost his sister or lost his wife or lost, uh, uh, you know what I'm saying? And there's that void there. And the woman that God needs to fill that void must have a nursing spirit. You, you're talking about how can two walk together? So you got to be compatible, uh, uh, ladies. And so do you have that? He got the, the, the service said, Lord, let me find the woman for my servant's son. And she met him at the well, working, labor, even though she had a joker for a daddy and a brother. That's a whole nother topic. But what I'm saying is she was the chosen one, just like God wants you to be the chosen one. When this Isaac gets ready to be released, he may be coming from jail. He may be coming out. Of, I don't know where your Isaac is coming from. He may be coming out of college. I, I don't know. I don't know where your Isaac is. But what I am saying is there needs to be some compatibility, compatibility there if you're the one that needs to heal him. You can't have the attitude, huh? I got mine. He got to get his. It's just a matter of time before y'all have fireworks. The 4th of July won't have nothing on you. Because you're going to feel like, oh, I got this house. Here he comes in here. So don't worry about that. He's the one that's going to pay your house off. Well, I bought the car. Don't worry about that. He's the one that's going to pay that car and buy you a new one. You Don't be afraid to help, helper. <laughs> Say out your amen. Don't be afraid to help. Because many, we can we can have that, that mentality. Oh, he's going to have to bring it. He's going to have to. Well, what if he doesn't? What, is, what does that mean? What if he doesn't have good credit? What if his, what if he can't get bubblegum out the machine off of credit? What does that mean for you? What if his English is broken? What if, what if, well, yeah, praise God. You know, what does that mean for you? So when you are healthy and when you are healed, you can make decisions based upon the truth of the matter, not the way I feel, not out of suspicion and, and all that other stuff from your past being brought in as a part of that decision-making matrix father right now in the name of the lord jesus christ father you are awesome how much you love these women of god tonight you put hooks in their jaws and you drew them on a thursday evening after they got out of work or after they finished ministering to their families you sat them down and you ministered to them out of healing and health because god you have things in store for these women of God that eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man. The things that God has prepared for them, but you have revealed them to us by your spirit. By your spirit, I perceive that husbands are coming forth. By your spirit, I perceive uh, engagements are coming forth. By your spirit, I perceive even relationships, God, even past relationships are being restored. Those that are supposed to be restored are being restored. By your spirit, healing is taking place in our innermost part. God, we're going to be like that Ruth, Lord God. 
We're going to confront the areas of tragedy and we're going to confront the areas of trauma and we're not going to be ashamed. We're not going to hide it. We're not going to ego trip father, but we're going to say, Hey, that is my story. I'm the one who lost that love. I'm the one who lost that relationship. I lost that marriage, but I believe that there is a God who has a redemptive plan for my life. And that this, this season of a forced singlehood is not my benediction. This is not the end of my story. That God has someone for me, praise God, that I can love and that I can be loved by in return. And yes, we may have uh, bumps and bruises along the way, but we're going to be in it to win it because God, I'm going to do the work right now. God, I'm going to do the work to where I'm not going to be suspicious. I'm not going to be anxious. I'm not going to be doubting God. But Father, I'm going to walk into this bowling. You will not lead. Your, the word of God said that your spirit will lead us into all truth and righteousness. So God, I'm not worried about is he the one. I will know. I receive a knower's anointing to know when I've met my man. I will receive it. Jesus told the woman at the well, Father, he said to her, he said, you've got five and the one you've got is not your own. I thank you that tonight that will not be our story, that I'm not connected to somebody that's not my own. But I thank you that when I receive this knower's, knower's anointing, I don't care if we're in AutoZone. I don't care if we're at the basketball game. I will know. I will be able to look. It may be a year before we connect, but I'll know that's the one that you have for me. The Bible says when Rebecca came before she opened her mouth, Isaac knew she's the one for me. I release prophetically, Lord God, that there are men coming into these women of God's lives tonight that will know when they see her in Walmart, when they see her at the store, they're going to know that I'm going to marry that woman right there. I may not get to her today or tomorrow, but I'm going to marry that woman. So, Father, tonight, healing God it is the children's bread. Deliverance is the children's bread. Father, I break, Lord, spirits of, 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 of um, unforgiveness. I break spirits of trauma. I break spirits, Lord God, of, force, of choice singlehood to the point to where we have forfeited our relationship destinies, God, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. God, every woman of God that is still wrapped up in veils and mantles of mourning in Jesus' name, they're going to receive a changeable suits of apparel. Lord God, let there be a garment change take place even now, God. We take off the dresses of mourning and take off the garments of sorrow and we put on garments of praise, God, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, for the trauma, traumas, traumatic households and the experiences that we have grown up in, God, that have embedded themselves in our minds. And wherever we meet somebody, we can't get past what we went through. We can't get past what we've gone through. We can't get past what we've seen, God, and it is infecting and affecting the way we communicate with others. Break it now in the name of Jesus, God. Heal us in the realm of our memories, God, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we love you tonight, God. We honor you. We bless you for these women, your daughters, your queens. Healing is theirs. You said, I know the plans, daughter. He said that to you. He said, sweetheart, daughter, I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you. Prosper, prosper, prosper. Not just money, sis. Not just fixing your credit. Not just prospering on your job. But God is going to prosper you in your soul and in the realm of your emotions. And the next time you laugh, it's going to be a genuine laughter. Not forced. It's going to be a genuine laughter. The Bible said, Mary said, she said, he said, a rich, he sent away empty and the poor's mouths he filled with laughter. God is going to fill your mouth with laughter. True, genuine laughter. He's going to make you happy. The joy of the Lord will be your strength. Go in peace, praise God. Trust your father. Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the plans. God has good plans for you. Good plans, not of evil. Good plans. For you 
Amen. I love you. Dr. Jackson, I'm going to turn this back over to you, woman of God. I hope we're still friends. <laughs> oh, I was just, oh my God. I was like, oh my God. I was here about in tears. Jesus. Oh my God! Stop Thank you so much, sis. Thank you so so much. Um, such powerful teaching. I, I can't even. Oh my God, just so powerful. God knows what He's up to. God, mm -hmm. He knows. 